Hi, my name is Laurie Cunningham. I go by the author name L.A. Cunningham. People can call me either, it doesn't really matter. The only reason I even decided to go by my initials is that when you Google Laurie Cunningham, a fairly famous English soccer player pretty much dominates the search results. So I decided to go with something that might stand out a little bit more. And then later I discovered there's a woman who lives a few hours north of me with the same name who was convicted for stabbing and murdering her fiancé, so she ended up being another person I didn't really want to be mistaken for when people googled me, so that ended up being another perk of going by my initials. I live in Calgary, Alberta. It's a pretty big city in Canada, but I grew up in a small town. Living in both means you'll probably get some big city perspectives with a small town influence weaving its way through most of my writing. I live close to the Rocky Mountains and have spent a lot of my life hiking and camping, rafting the odd time, and I just think they're a beautiful setting to drop a whole bunch of characters and see what happens. Obviously, there's good reason that Hollywood has come up here a number of times to film movies like The Revenant, Legends of the Fall, Brokeback Mountain. Cool Runnings, I guess, was filmed here too, although it's a little more Olympic-specific. Not so much about the mountains, but good movie regardless. Doesn't matter. Anyways, movies aside, even though I do watch a lot of movies, I also read quite a bit. Although, to be honest, I don't read as much as I want to anymore. I guess just being an adult and having adult responsibilities and changing life priorities kind of gets in the way sometimes. But when I was little, I was a reading fiend. I was one of those kids who read books so fast that they had a tendency of kind of just blurring together. Like Percy Jackson, for example, which I think is five books, kind of just feels like one to me. My earliest memories of reading are actually of me reading after school when I was little. Both my parents were teachers, and there was... A weird amount of teacher kids in my grade for some reason. So me and my friend Kate, who was a teacher kid, and who I've been friends with since I was four, used to go to the library and sit under a table like it was a fort and read a whole bunch of books and eat snacks like we were having a picnic and then wait for our parents while they were in staff meetings. I was big on Robert Munch and books like 50 Below Zero and The Paper Bag Princess. And there was this other author who I had to look up, Stephen Cosgrove, who wrote all these books where animals were the main characters, which I also adored. Once I got into longer books, I know Roald Dahl was a favorite author of mine. I used to devour all of his books. Bridge to Terabithia is the first book to ever destroy me. My parents used to reach me a lot, and I can vividly remember my mom reading that one to me and being so upset. It's one of those books I'm even a little afraid to read again, just because of what it did to me the first time. I also used to love these two authors, Martin Godfrey and Jerry Spinelli. They're both male authors who wrote these insanely relatable female protagonists. Godfrey wrote this series called Miss Teeny Wonderful, about this girl who entered a beauty pageant for one reason or another, I forget exactly why, but her talent was jumping BMXs. And Spinelli wrote this book, There's a Girl in My Hammerlock, about this girl who joins the wrestling team. There's just something about both these, I just read them like crazy. I think these both spoke to me because they were about girls like me, who were doing something different and breaking the gender mold. It was nice to have role models who showed me that I didn't have to be a certain kind of girl or live up to a certain expectation. In a weird way, wishing I could be them also somehow allowed me just to be who I was, if that makes sense. Animorphs is another big favorite of mine. Having the ability to turn into an animal is honestly still the dream. I think it's actually also one of the only things I've ever really religiously collected. There's something like 50 or 60 books, and once upon a time I own them all. I used to get a whole shack of them for Christmas and would have them all read within a few days. I'm not really sure what I read in between those times, but I'm assuming there was other books I was also into. 
Um, they were kind of my first introduction into sci-fi that I remember, and maybe my first introduction into books that were similar to what I write now. You know, the kind of stories where something seems normal, but there's all these underlying things happening where only a select few people really know about them. I don't write a ton of sci-fi yet, but it's more about those fantastical things you want to believe in but never get to see. And then his Dark Materials series by Philip Pullman, that's The Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, The Amber Spyglass, might still be my favorite books. They're just so much magic in them, and a world that could be ours but isn't quite. I just love them and would recommend them to anyone. Tamora Pierce was another big one. She wrote a whole bunch of fantasy books about girls breaking the mold again, like becoming knights and whatnot. Hearing all this, you probably won't be too surprised when you read my stories and read about female characters breaking the mold. Apparently it tends to be a bit of a constant theme of mine. I've written my whole life, but casually. It wasn't until about three years ago I decided I wanted to quote-unquote be a writer. I went to Ghana back in 2013 thinking I wanted to have a career in international community development. Did that for about six months and then realized, hey, no I didn't. So that was fun. I originally went to school to be a pilot, which didn't work out either, so I kind of just fell into business and accounting. Sorry, inner child. Thinking that was an okay fallback, but it was never really what I wanted to do. So when I came back from Ghana, I was feeling lost again. But while I was over there, I was keeping a travel blog so my friends and family could follow me and stay more connected. And when I came back, a few people actually mentioned how good of a writer they thought I was. I didn't do much with those compliments at the time, but since I was feeling lost and looking for something to do, my boyfriend suggested that I try taking some creative writing courses. So I did, and eventually those led me to reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which led me to reading The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and both were big factors in giving me my first idea for a novel and helping me get back in touch with my creative side. Because I had, I'd lost my creative side. I used to draw and sing and write and all kinds of things, but somewhere along the line, I'd slowly and gradually and unknowingly kind of just let all those things go. So it was amazing rediscovering myself, so to speak. But it wasn't until I took a course on publishing and promoting your book where one of the assignments was actually to join Twitter and create an author platform, that I finally started thinking of myself as a writer. I guess when you start telling a whole bunch of strangers that you're a writer, you probably should just be one. And writing is kind of key to being a writer, shockingly, but it's also arguably one of the hardest things to do. Life is constantly in the way, and there are always excuses, but when I do find time to write, it tends to be a little bit chaotic. I work on multiple projects at once and kind of just focus on which what on whichever one is calling my name at any moment in time. It's good because it means I can follow my motivation and if I have a new and shiny idea I can wander off and chase it. But it's also horrible because it means I tend to not finish a lot of things. And sometimes when something goes unfinished for long enough, it's easy to just lose that story altogether. So I try to make sure I go back and touch a story every so often so it doesn't completely get away from me and I don't lose that passion for it. I'm also not much of an outliner, which again is good and bad. It means I have the freedom to just let my fingers do the walking, but it also means that sometimes they just walk me into a corner I can't get out of, or they walk me into a big open field with too many choices and I get overwhelmed and panicked and just jump ship and leave my characters abandoned there in a wide open field. <laughs> but there's something about outlining to me that just feels too left brain or something, and it sucks away all my creativity. Maybe one day 
I'll figure out a way to outline so things are more mapped out, but today is not currently that day. Another thing I do when I write, that when I mention it I can see people's eye twitch, is I don't write chronologically. When I have a story idea, I tend to know how I want to start, and I know how I want to end, and then I kind of just run blindly between the two points hoping that somehow they'll connect. <laughs> I always kind of joke that I'm really good at writing the first 12,000 words of a story, but joking in like a depressing kind of way, in that when I get to the middle I kind of just hope an adult finds me and will come save me and write me out of my misery. I need one of those, if found, please return to tags. And then sometimes I just write scenes I want to write, even if I don't know where they fit yet, and that's fun for me too. I've never really pulled the plug on a story before, but I have set many of them aside. Sometimes things just aren't working out, and I need some distance and time for my subconscious to have an epiphany. And that's when I'll shift to another project, so I'm not just sitting there doing nothing, wondering how to overcome writer's block. There is one novel, though I've completely set aside, which is actually the first one I ever started writing. And the reason behind that is I just felt like I wasn't at a point skill-wise where I could do the story justice yet. People might say this is my imposter syndrome speaking, but I actually don't think it's the case for this one. This one just needs a slightly more experienced version of me to make it come to life the way I want it to. It's one of those big ideas that once I get right, I think that story is going to be the story. Not that I don't believe in my other ones, but there's something about that first idea that fills me with such excitement that when I'm ready for it, it's going to be one of the best things I've ever created. I love books that when you're done reading them, you realize that you'll never be the same again. There was you pre-book, and then there's you post-book. And that's what I want to write. I actually started reading Big Magic again just recently, because I felt like I was at that point in my life again where I needed that extra little kick in the ass. But I'm also reading another book right now called Tender Wings of Desire, which is a romance novella featuring Colonel Sanders, of all people, who's the main love interest. Because sometimes you just need silly... I expect it to be bad, but the fact that it was a KFC promotion put up for Mother's Day a few years back just cracks me up. And when I discovered it, there was no way I couldn't read this book. So once I finally got my hands on a copy, which was just recently, I was super excited, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm not big into romance books, but sometimes you just need something light and silly, and something that's just pure entertainment. I guess I've never really thought about it before, but those are the two things I want. I either want a book that changes me, and I relate to, and I feel connected to the characters, like they're my best friends, and I feel what they feel, and I miss them when the book is over, or I want something that just entertains me. Ideally, both, but sometimes light and silly without being life-changing is more than okay. And any book I haven't enjoyed is missing one of those two things, or both of them, probably. It just didn't connect, or it was boring. One of my all-time favorite books is A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. I read it right around the time I decided I wanted to be a writer, and I realized that was the kind of book I wanted to write. It also helped give me my second big novel idea, which is the main one I'm working on right now. Full disclosure, I'm working on about four novels right now, with about five active short stories on the go, and then there's a whole bunch of other ideas that are lurking in the shadows but aren't really worth mentioning yet. Anyways, A Darker Shade of Magic and my love for Outbreak movies, like Outbreak, and Twelve Monkeys, and Contagion, all the zombie movies, were the main inspiration for my novel. It's been a challenge to write it. Obviously, if it was easy to write a novel, more people would do it. 
And I do think I'm a little more suited to writing short stories because they just don't have to hold my attention and interest as long. And they tend to have less going on, so it's easier to not go off on random tangents. But there's just something about the idea of holding a novel in my hand with my name on it that keeps me trying to write that novel. The other problem I'm having with my current one is that it has multiple points of view, and it has two different timelines going on at the same time. So I've been doing this obnoxious thing where I start at one point and then realize, hey, I actually want to start at another point. So then suddenly all my flashbacks and whatnot are in the wrong places, and I need to do massive rewrites. Again, not the most efficient way to write, but I think I'm slowly getting there because I'm finally further along in this novel than I've ever been before, so that's promising at least. It seems a little cliche to say that I just want to write the books I want to read, but that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm trying to fill my shelf with books for me, and I hope that other people might want to read them too. Because it's taking so long to turn out a novel, I've been working on some smaller pieces to get out there too so people can still get a taste of my writing. It'd be nice to have a bit of a fan base or readership in advance so that when my novel does come out, there are people who already love my writing and are eagerly waiting for more of it. Technically, I have a website, which I honestly haven't been very good at updating recently, but in theory, people can go there and see what I'm up to. But Twitter has been my main author platform. I don't actively try to sell my writing. Every now and then I'll share snippets of things, but I think right now I'm really just selling my personality in hopes that I'll make some friends and people who support me will want to read my writing and then they might tell their friends to read it as well. I've never had an official marketing plan, but somehow I've always kind of been aware of what my brand is, even if I couldn't put it into words, so I post accordingly. I'm sure marketing experts would tell me that's not the way to do it, but that's what I'm doing so far. I've made a few missteps, of course. The problem with Twitter is that you only have 280 characters to make yourself clear, so it's really easy for someone to misinterpret you, especially without tone of voice or full context or body language. But we all just try to do our best and hope that the people on the other side of your tweets are decent human beings and recognize that you are too, and you can be prone to mistakes and missteps, and that you have feelings that can be hurt. The internet is full of trolls. Some, so at some point you have to decide if it's worth trying to fix things, or if you just need to let things blow over and try to get over it. Once I am more actively seeking sales, I imagine I'll expand my platform and marketing beyond Twitter. I think it would be fun to do signings and readings and speak on panels, do tours. Not that I'm necessarily an expert about anything, but there are some fascinating conversations you can have around writing, and my experience with the writing community so far has been very positive. So I'd love to get more involved with people in person and go out and meet the readers and find people who connect to my writing like I connect to other authors' writing. I think going out and experiencing the world is a key part of writing. It's easy to research things on the internet, but I just don't know if you'll ever fully be able to capture something as well as you can just by reading articles or looking at pictures or watching videos. I think that's where the saying write what you know comes from. There's just something about experiencing something and having lived through it that just gives it that extra vibrancy and texture that comes with having lived through something. And I think the same thing goes for characters. One of the best ways to write unique and diverse characters is to go out and meet unique and diverse characters. I think sometimes as a writer, it's all too easy to sit behind your computer or notebook and not venture very far. But if you're not going to venture very far, I also think reading other authors is important too. 
Even if you read something that's a, that doesn't resonate with you, you can at least pick out why and try to avoid those things. And reading in different genres that you don't normally write in is another great way to expand your horizons and see what else is out there. I think writing in different genres can expand your horizons too. Sometimes it's fun to try and write something just to see if you can do it. Like, can I write from the perspective of the villain or an animal? Or do I have the writing chops to write romance or mystery? So far, I haven't really ventured too far outside of my comfort zone. For some reason, everything I write just seems to come out dark. Dark fantasy, horror, dystopians, all the depressing stuff just seems to draw me in time and time again. Sometimes I wonder if I put all the dark on the page in an effort to get it out of me and maybe leave some space for the light. But in general, I have a kind of dark and twisty and morbid sense of humor and view on the world, so I suppose it makes sense. I'm not really pessimistic, but I do try to be realistic with a healthy, healthy dose of cautious optimism. I like to try to see the good in things. I love writing from the villain's perspective or writing an anti-hero because it's fun liking a character that you should hate. I think that's real life. No one is this perfect shiny person. We all have our skeletons in our closets and ways we behave behind closed doors that might shock some people. And I think I also write dark themes in an effort to find the light in them. I also write contemporary because writing about real life just makes sense to me. Real life could be dark too. Sometimes it's easier to find the stories in the everyday as opposed to making up new worlds and new stories at the same time. I dabble in poetry as well. Most of it tends to be depressing, shocking, because I kind of use it as therapy writing. I kind of joke to my friends that if I'm ever writing poetry, they need to check on me because it's a cry for help. <laughs> it's a joke, but not like 100% a joke because I am likely depressed. But I also write some silly poems sometimes too, because like I said before, sometimes you just need silliness and play. Not everything needs to be so dark and adult all the time. Writing is about playing, and I think it's important to play in the sun sometimes. You remember that it's still there. I've also tried writing romance, because there's a small part of me who isn't all doom and gloom and is a bit of a hopeless romantic. I do believe in happily ever afters, and I do believe in people coming together, because it's easier to take on the world when you're with someone, sometimes. The world can be a big, scary, and lonely place, and it's nice to have people who support you and have your back. I'm forever grateful to so many people in my life who keep me going. The writing community online ended up being this amazing group of people that I had no idea ever existed. Joining Twitter was actually one of the best things I've ever done, especially as a writer. And no small part of that is thanks to a little group of people called Write Fight Gift Club. This was my original Twitter family, just a noisy group of writers who sometimes talked about writing, but mostly were just there to have fun with and connect with people. They were people I could get advice from and commiserate with and celebrate successes with. And they will always be my home on Twitter. But I've also met a lot of other people. People are just there to encourage me and offer a kind word or silly comment. A year ago, I was going through a pretty tough time in my life and I ran across my friend Paul Hayden, who I almost give complete credit to inspiring me to write again after I got to a place where life started to not seem so hard. And he has been there for me on a daily basis ever since to inspire and encourage me. He's also this amazingly talented writer, among other things and the perfect person to bounce ideas off of. I also have another friend and critique partner, Sarah Butcher, who is willing to look at all my early drafts, and I'm so sorry she got stuck with me. I don't think either of us really realized what we were getting into, 
But to be fair, I read a lot of her early stuff too, so it's just a constant mess back and forth between the two of us. It's fun. Um, I also have to give a shout out to a few other people I've leaned on to read my stories and provide feedback. Like Ashley Riesinger and Martin Fresnel. I just realized I've never said either of their names out loud, so hopefully I got them right. Sorry guys if you're listening. And Micah Richards is another one of them. And then there are also people like Felicity Stark, Clementine Fraser, Elsie Marblewood, who seem to just have a sixth sense for when I just need someone to talk to or need a virtual hug. The online writing community is important to me because it's actually really hard to find people in real life who I can connect with as a writer. I've been to one writing conference before, but just because you put a whole bunch of introverts in a big room together doesn't mean you can make them talk to each other. I know extroverted writers do exist, but sometimes they kind of feel like spotting a unicorn. But my parents and my boyfriend are my three biggest offline supporters. They may not necessarily get why writing is so important to me, like my writer friends do, but they get that it's so important to me. So they're willing to help out and make space and time for me to write. I find that ever since I became a mom, my writing time has become far and few between. So those few hours I get a week to leave the house and disconnect and just let my brain be free to create are so valuable to me. And I'm forever grateful to my boyfriend for recognizing that need in me and encouraging me to go after it. Because writing is so important to me. First and foremost, it's therapeutic. I tend to not really know what I'm thinking until I write it down, so it's nice to get those thoughts out. Same with feelings. Plus, it's just a way to be creative, and I think it's important to just do things sometimes for creativity's sake, and show others that you can do things just because you like them, not because it has value to someone else or because someone is going to pay you. So, I always try to write for myself first. That being said, I do want people to read my stories. I want people to connect to the characters I write and the stories I tell. I want to write a book that changes someone's life, like some of the books I've read have changed mine. So, while I try not to get too hung up on publishing or trying to make a creative writing, I do want to publish and have my stories out there, even if just one person reads it and has an opinion or it makes them think. And like I said before, there's that part of me that really wants that book with my name on it. A while ago I went to Burning Man, and I was in awe of the whole impermanence of the thing, and people creating these massive art installations to just burn without any trace, really. But there's also something very appealing about leaving something behind, like a book or a story, that people might enjoy long after you're gone. Maybe no one will appreciate my writing very much in this lifetime, but maybe someone will in another lifetime. And honestly, ever since having a child, I also have this urge to write her a story and leave her with this special little memento of something I wrote just for her. But I think right now, one of my main goals as a writer is to finish that first novel idea I started way back when, when I first decided I wanted to be a writer. I have other novels to write before then, and before I go back, and they might succeed or flop, who knows. But I think writing them will get me closer to being the kind of writer I want to be so that I can give that first idea justice, the one that's waiting for me to come back. Because there's something special about that first story. I just know with every fiber of my being, it's going to be amazing. I can just feel it. Stories like that are a gift to the world. Any story is, really. If you can find a story to connect to, or something that changes your perspective, the ripple effects are endless. Stories are our history. Even fictional ones will tell you something about the way the world was when they were written. 
And like in a story, the history and the backstory is what motivates us as protagonists in our own lives. We are shaped and molded by our experiences, and reading and hearing stories is an experience. In order to know where we're going, we have to know where we came from and where we are. Some people have their lives all plotted out and know how to get from point A to point B, or there are people like me who know where point A and B are, or at least kind of do, but just go out blindly screaming off into the distance, hoping that we'll eventually get to the end, but along the way we can enjoy all the unexpected side quests. So that's pretty much it for me. Thanks to Moss for encouraging me to do this and for letting me monologue about myself for way too long. And thanks to anyone who listened long enough to get to the end. I know how precious time is and I appreciate anyone willing to use theirs on me. Bye for now.